Hey, you're listening to the Riverdale Podcast, the official Archie Comics podcast. My name is Jonathan. Welcome to lovely Riverdale, USA. All right, this is the official Archie Comics podcast, The Riverdale Podcast. We update every Saturday morning, and every week we break things up four ways. First up is the book of the week. That's the comic book I read this week. Sometimes it's a new comic book. Sometimes it's an old comic book, but it's always an Archie comic book. We move then to the news of the week. That's what happened in the world of Archie in the week since our last podcast. Then on to new releases. That's what came out this past Wednesday, what will be coming up this coming Wednesday, and your digital releases of the week. And we're going to wrap up today with a couple of voicemails that came in. Uh, To answer your question, yes, I am sick. Yes, I am going to lose my voice uh, during this show. So I'm going to keep it pretty brief. Uh, We might end up having a sort of uh, shorter abbreviated show. Let's see how it goes. Let's see how my voice holds up. And let's see what we've got in store for the book of the week. All right, folks, this week's book of the week is the brand new digital exclusive Josie and the Scaredy Cats. Um, This could also alternately be titled um, How I Learned to Love Josie and the Pussycats Again. Because um, I learned a lot. Reading this digital exclusive came out just yesterday, um, Friday the 16th of October. Um, and I was, I've, I've, in recent times, I've historically been a Josie and the Pussycats fan. I have more recently been more of a Josie fan, more of a fan of the very early run when Dan DiCarlo uh, created the characters and uh, that original series that he drew and Frank Doyle wrote. Um, those initial, I guess there were maybe 20 or so issues, um, maybe 20 or 30 before things switched over to Josie and the Pussycats to sort of fall in line with the Hanna-Barbera animated series that everybody knows and loves. The series that really, you know, catapulted uh, the characters of Josie and Melody and Valerie, of course, uh, replacing the the original character of Pepper. Um, really, uh, th- that's the, when folks think of Josie and the Pussycats, they think of Josie and the Pussycats, you know, uh, it, it was a long time into my reading before I went back and found the Josie stories involving Pepper and, um, y- you know, those, those stories that, that were the, the uh, initial introduction of those characters that went on to sort of become Josie and the Pussycats. So, um, I, I was a guy who really preferred Josie to Josie and the Pussycats. And, and maybe I realized in reading this that I'd been a little dismissive of the Josie and the Pussycat stories. Um, which is silly because, man, did I have a good time reading uh, this digital exclusive. This is um, 100 pages of classic stories. Got a bunch of uh, old school 70s stories. Um, and then... Um, Moving into some more modern stuff, um, we'll get to that in just a moment, some Holly G stuff, um, some Rex Lindsay artwork. But the initial stories uh, are all uh, drawn by Dan DiCarlo 
and Stan Goldberg. They look beautiful. And uh, and maybe I'm particularly susceptible to them because they are um, monster stories. They're like uh, scary stories, haunted house stories, monster stories. Um, hence the title of the digital exclusive, Josie and the Scaredy Cats. So it very much fits into the theme of this month and Halloween. And also, uh, I've been watching a ton of Scooby-Doo lately. Um, and as you'll recall, the Josie and the Pussycats animated series um, was very was done by Hanna-Barbera. was very much in, in line with those uh, <laughs> that era of animation. Anyway, the collection kicks off with the very first story entitled The Ghost of Dark Valley Manor. In this story, uh, Judge and the Pussycats are looking for a place to practice. And Alexander Cabot III um, uh, says they can practice in the mansion. And uh, Alexander Cabot II says, uh, no, in fact, you cannot practice in the mansion. But I have this abandoned house that you guys can go and practice in. Um, and lo and behold, they get to the mansion. And it is not quite as it seems. There uh, are sort of uh, ghouls and, and bumps in the night and whatnot. Um, and maybe the story ends with a particular person being unmasked, which was the sort of um, the, the, the plot device of that era. And maybe there wasn't. I'll, I'll leave it to you uh, to go ahead and check it out and find out how that ends. But the artwork in this story... I'm going to go ahead and say is Dan DiCarlo. Uh, if anyone else knows for certain that it isn't, please get in touch. Let me know. Uh, correct me on this one. But I feel like um, th there's a, a couple of giveaways from me, but nothing, <laughs> nothing more obvious than just the way that Josie's hairdo is rendered. Um, Dan DiCarlo famously modeled uh, Josie's hairdo after um, his wife, Josie, uh, her hairdo um, in the 60s. And, um, you know, I mean, try as people may, I feel like they never quite get it the way that he did. Um, so I'm going to say that this is Dan, this is Dan DiCarlo art. Um, because of the way that Josie's haircut looks. There's also, there's a few, um, like, cool perspective panels. Um, there's a panel here, actually, on the final page of the story in which we're looking down at our, our cast of characters from a balcony of sorts, and there's, like, a nice, a nice um, like, curvature to the railing of the balcony, and there's a support beam. Um, just a, a, just a, a pretty... Um, it, it's a well-put-together, well-structured panel. Um, there's some nice negative space around the characters. There's these beautiful, uh, like, uh, beautifully colored, like, red curtains. Um, and our, our characters are drawn uh, in, in a, a, a cool perspective from a cool angle. Um, I, I love it. I love that stuff. Um, so, yeah, that story was terrific. Um, and a, a lot of them follow this sort of format of the show of... Um, of sort of uh, solving a mystery or getting out of a jam of sorts. Um, but one that I enjoyed in particular is The Falcon's Claw. 
the Falcon's Claw is a fantastic story that involves all sorts of, like, um, almost psychedelic, like, drippy, trippy, creepy monsters um, right there on the first um, big dynamic panel of the first, uh, the very first page of this story with um, Josie uh, in bed asleep and, uh, you know, these, these scary monsters kind of representing her nightmares. And we find that she has, has bought a, uh, a necklace of sorts with a, with a claw on it. Um, and it's giving her these terrible, terrible nightmares. And so um, uh, Valerie leads them on a quest to um, the, that, the house that Josie has seen, literally <laughs> seen in her nightmares. And they uh, go there to get to the bottom of this, uh, this terrible... Um, curse that seems to have been put on Josie ever since she got this necklace. Um, and there's some awesome artwork in here. There's some really, really scary, uh, d- twisted, cool monsters. You know, if you're a fan of uh, sort of like EC-style horror, uh, I know that's sort of like an, an, an overused um, way of explaining this era of, 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 of monsters, but um, I would say EC-era horror era horror. I mean, if you love uh, uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, um, I think you would love this. I would love to know what Robert Hack thinks of this. I'm sure <laughs> that he would be super into it. Um, but yeah, super cool monsters. Um, I think that Dan DiCarlo did this as well. It may be Stan Goldberg, honestly. Um, again, if you guys have um, some expertise in, in the matter, I would love to know who drew this story. But yeah, terrific stuff, terrific monsters. That one stuck out um, quite a bit. Um, I really enjoyed jumping way ahead. Um, this, uh, this story, Return to Nightmare Nursery, which was written and drawn by Holly G. And Holly G really had like a couple of, a couple of years, like in the early 2000s, like a real like heyday. Um, and, uh, she's an art artist and a writer that I haven't explored fully, like the sort of breadth of her work. Um, I would love to talk to her at some point about the time she spent working for Archie um, because uh, especially now with a little time uh, and a little perspective, um, her stories, especially this one here, really operates on the same level as those stories from the 70s in the beginning of this collection in that it's a real it's like time capsule of that era. It really feels, you know, uh, Alexander Cabot's uh, spiky hair, you know, almost uh, almost Mark McGrath, like Sugar Ray-esque, uh, maybe, uh, maybe Lance Bass from NSYNC or something, you know, like uh, the, just the style of clothing that folks are wearing. It's really evocative of the era in which it was created. And that, to me, is the... Is the one of the hallmarks of a great Archie story is that you can look at it and you can decide within a few pages the era in which it was created. All right, I'm going to wrap things up there and take a sip of tea before we jump into the next segment. Uh, but there it is. There is your book of the week, the digital exclusive Josie and the Scaredy Cats.
Okay, Archie News in Archie News this week. Um, a few quick things to uh, touch upon. If you haven't seen it yet, head over to Comics Alliance. Um, Chris Sims, uh, former guest of the show going way back, uh, but a, a great reviewer and podcaster, uh, Chris Sims, wrote a really, um, uh, a really loving article uh, about Archie Andrews for the 74th anniversary of the release of uh, Pep Comics number 22, which was earlier this week. Um, as I said, just a, a loving a loving article ab- about Archie, a really heartfelt one, um, and very informative as well. So um, head over and check that out, or send it to a friend who doesn't quite get Archie comics. I feel like this would, this would help them understand. Over at hitflix.com, um, they released in advance of the um, solicitations, uh, which should be coming very soon, the upcoming uh, January solicitations. Um, these solicitations uh, and cover images for Jughead number four coming early next year with a, a cover from Erica Henderson, a variant cover from Jay Bone, and a variant cover from David Mack. All of which look great. Um, the Erica Henderson cover is a really cool um, um, a pirate cover. And there's a great uh, flag with uh, some cross swords underneath a uh, cheeseburger sort of in, in place of the skull. Uh, fantastic. David Max cover is a riff on his Archie number 1 cover, if you go back and look at his variant for that. So um, pretty cool. Um, not a ton of news to come out of last weekend's New York Comic Con, where there was some discussion um, in the coverage from CBR, uh, Comic Book Resources. Um, a, a question from the audience mem- a question from a audience member uh, answered by Chip Zdarsky, of course, writer of the newly released Jughead Number One, uh, about Jughead's portrayal as an asexual character. Um, and whether, you know, Chip considered him an asexual character. Um, and I thought that was cool. I, I, I like that discussion. Um, let me know what you guys think. Uh, go over, check out that rundown that CBR wrote um, about the Archie panel. Um, I'm going to let you read, you know, Chip's statements. I'm not going to try to paraphrase them or anything. Um, write me a quick note. Let me know, let me know what you think. Uh, do you consider Jughead, you know, like a woman hater? Do you consider him to be an asexual person? Do you consider him to be in love with cheeseburgers? You know, what, how, how do you consider, who do you consider Jughead to be? What label would you put on him, if any, at all? But there it is. Um, there is your news of the week. Um, great article from Chris Sims. Uh, our first look at the Jughead number four covers over at Hitflix. Um, and uh, CBR's rundown of the Archie panel at New York Comic Con. All right, folks. New releases. New releases for this past Wednesday, the 14th of October, the best of Archie Comics, 75 years, 75 stories, trade paperback. It says a $14.99 price point. It is over 600 pages. This has stories from each of the 75 years of Archie Comics. I think this is uh, an unbelievably great idea. Um, And I I took a few minutes to leave through it, take a look at it. 
And I think one of the most fun and charming things is that uh, sort of broken up, not necessarily by decade, but by era, there's a little introduction that's written by Archie Andrews himself, which I think is really charming. I really, really like that angle with it. Um, so if you get a chance to uh, pick it up and check it out, uh, t- take a look at those. They're a lot of fun. Also out this week, Jughead and Archie Comics Double Digest number 16. Uh, moving ahead to next week, the 21st of October, a big, big week. Uh, Betty and Veronica number 278. This is the final issue uh, of this run. This run has been that uh, kicked off in the late 80s. Uh, it conc- that run concludes next week with number 278. Um, in anticipation of the relaunch uh, helmed by Adam Hughes coming next year in 2016. Uh, but this features a number of covers by Dan Parent. These are sort of interlocking and show you Betty and Veronica throughout the decades. Uh, there's a modern one as well as one from the 90s, the 80s, the 70s, the 60s, and the 50s. So be on the lookout and good luck choosing your favorite. Also out next week, Mega Man number 54. This is the uh, the penultimate issue. Um, Mega Man uh, wrapping up with issue 55 and going on hiatus uh, next month. Uh, so, you know, jump in there. Uh, get those last couple issues of Mega Man before it wraps up. Um, also out next week, Sonic the Hedgehog number 277. World of Archie Comics Double Digest number 53. I think officially kicking off the Christmas season with a brand new uh, little Archie story by Jay Torres and Fernando Ruiz. I love Archie Christmas comics. I'm so excited about that. Um, and the big, maybe the biggest release of the week, maybe even overshadowing Betty and Veronica 278. Um, and you can write in and tell me if you disagree with that statement. Uh, but The Shield, number one is hitting. So the, uh, this was announced, uh, I guess, about a year ago. Uh, it was talked about pretty heavily at last year's New York Comic Con. Um, I'm really, really excited about this book. Um, this has a bunch of variant covers. Um, this introduces a brand new version of the Shield. Um, very little has been released about this, so there's a lot of mystery still uh, to who this character is. Uh, what her motivations are, all of that. Um, so really, really excited to get to uh, get my hands on that, read that, um, and I, we will be talking about that for sure coming up next week. Um, on the digital side of things, of course, this week we got the digital exclusive Josie and the Scaredy Cats, talked about at the top of the show. Also out this week was uh, the first of the Archie 75 series. Um, Archie number one. Um, uh, I'm interested in how this is going to roll out the um, Archie 75 series. Um, it seems like this is kicking off a bunch of digital exclusives that do some really key reprints. Um, in this particular issue, you get uh, you, you get Archie's first appearance um, in Pep Comics number 22. You get uh, the first appearance of Veronica. A bunch of key issues in there. Um, in a digital collection at a great price point. So definitely head over and check that out. So those are your new releases for this past Wednesday, the 14th, this coming Wednesday, the 22nd, and your digital exclusives of the week from RG Comics. (laughs) 
All right, folks, uh, we get a couple voicemails today, a couple voicemails from the same dude, uh, John Troughton, um, maybe the longest-running listener of the show, um, has been on the show in the past, a big-time supporter. Um, always good to hear from you, John. And I know the topic of these calls, but I have not even listened to these calls yet. So um, let's, uh, let's listen to them together. Hey, Jonathan, it's John Troughton from Iowa City, your friend. Um, hey, I was calling you because this weekend I discovered uh, that uh, Riverdale Rescue, uh, the uh, video game that's been on for a couple years over on iTunes and um, I guess now on uh, Windows products and Android and all that, looks like it is coming to a close uh, October 30th. Um, I thought I would give your fans a... Uh, heads up, uh, especially for those like me who've kind of finished all the normal quests and um, kind of just have been monitoring it for, uh, you know, periodic updates when they do like for specials for, you know, holidays or seasons or something like that. So it looks like um, they are doing some special sales. So if people want to get into the store before the the game officially wraps up. Um, I, my understanding is that you can continue playing the game um, beyond, you know, from October 31st onward. So I guess we'll find that out for sure. But as far as, like, any tech support, as far as, like, purchasing any new characters or or items or anything like that, that that's all going to go away. And certainly there's not going to be any more new uh, quests or anything like that. I'm not quite sure about some of the more routine, routine ones that game if you just started, you know, downloading the game off of iTunes or wherever. Um, so, I just thought your fans, especially those who were fans of the game, but uh, who have uh, uh, haven't been playing as regularly as me, just because of the same reasons I, I haven't been playing, um, that they might appreciate knowing that. So, I will talk to you later. Bye-bye. John, thanks for calling in and letting folks know. Um, I have never, I never got bit by the bug of that game. I, I, I talked about it, actually brought John on a couple of times on the show, um, as sort of, uh, the, the expert on that game. But, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'll jump back in and take a look at it. Um, definitely if you can continue playing after the end of October, maybe I'll, uh, take advantage of that sale, get a bunch of, uh, I think milkshakes, are the like the life force in that game? Maybe I'll buy up a bunch and uh, go through and play through some of those levels. But uh, yeah, but thanks for calling, John, and uh, thanks for calling again. Let's let's jump into your second phone call. Hey, Jonathan, it's your friend John from Iowa City. I was uh, just calling you about the Riverdale Rescue uh, video game, and I just uh, found out something pretty exciting today, and I thought I would call you in since I'd called earlier today. Just kind of or earlier this week, announcing the uh, game's uh, uh, upcoming end. But um, for people who've been playing for a longer time and and had kind of run out of quests and new characters, I just wanted to point out this morning, Clay Walker um, Keller has shown up in the uh, uh, as a character that you can buy into the game. Um, that's uh, Kevin Keller's husband from the uh, Life with Archie series. So that is something that's uh, totally new and it was really exciting for me and uh, hopefully it'll be exciting for some of your listeners. So have a good day. Bye-bye. Cool, cool. That is good news. Thanks, John. 
Um, yeah, for those who read Life with Archie, the Paul Copperberg scripted uh, Adventures of Archie as an adult, uh, you know that uh, Kevin got married um, to Clay. Um, and I think in your call, John, you mentioned that he's listed in the game as um, Clay Walker Keller, like hyphenated, which is kind of awesome. If I heard you right, if I understood you properly, that is um, really, really rad. And it's always good. Um, it's always an exciting thing when a character that you like jumps to another medium. Um, because that, that tends to give the character a little more life, a little more... Uh, it just sort of validates that character a little more. Gives them um, a little more validity, a little more, you know, uh, more solidly places them in the canon of a, of a particular fandom. So um, it's it's good to see Clay in in any medium, really. Uh, but it's nice to see him, uh, you know, jump to a new medium uh, being in this video game, even if it is <laughs> just for a few more weeks. Um, that's a cool that's a cool thing. Um, I I love what Paul Copperberg uh, what Paul Copperberg did with that series. Um, you can go back through the archives and find uh, my interview with him. He he put a, a lot of thought and a lot of heart into that series. Um, so I would love to see more sort of threads that were explored and not um, show up in other comics and other mediums. Um, so uh, again, thanks, John, very much for calling in. Uh, if you want to call in and leave a voicemail, and I would love it if you did, you can call 573-427-2443. That's 5734-ARCHIE. And if you don't want to call in, you can always write in to Riverdale Podcast at yahoo.com. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Riverdale Podcast. Twitter.com, we're at Riverdale Pod. Um, get in touch. We would love, love, love to hear from you. And don't forget to come back every Saturday. You can find the show at RiverdalePodcast.com. ArchieComics.com on iTunes and on Stitcher. Uh, you can uh, you can follow us uh, at any of those places. The best way to catch up with us is to subscribe on iTunes. New episodes will be updated every week. You'll never miss an episode. And if you're listening on iTunes, do please write a review. Um, reviews are super helpful. It helps other people find the show. And if you like the show... Why wouldn't everyone else? Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks again to John Trouton for calling in and <laughs> giving my, my throat a bit of a rest. Uh, thanks to all of you for dealing with my raspy voice this week. Hopefully it will be on the mend by next Saturday. Thank you guys so much for listening. My name is Jonathan, and I will see you again next week right here in lovely Riverdale, USA.